Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Heroes, Villains, and Redemption, where we take a look at one comic book character per week and see how the gospel redeems them. Uh, many of you are probably wondering, uh, for the first, like, if you're just joining us for the first time, how on earth are you going to make a sermon series out of comic book characters? Well, many of the comic book characters have really unique stories, and uh, even though they're fake and they're not true and fictional, it's like a fictional novel where uh, the character's story actually relates with us. Uh, what you know, their inner turmoil, their conflicts, their life, their whole narrative of their origin story. Some parts of it we can relate to, and some of their struggles we can relate to because it's very human. And so, what we've been doing was so we were uh, figuring out, okay, what were their issues? What were their problems? What were their inter inner turmoils? And then see how the gospel, the truth of the gospel, redeemed them and provide healing for them and maybe for us who may be able to relate with them. So first of all, we started with the Hulk and took a look at his anger issues. And we realized that his anger was an emotional expression of his inner turmoil within himself, which was helplessness. Then we followed with Superman, who had a Superman complex. I stole that. It's not original. And uh, we, were, we basically looked at how we define salvation is really how we're going to define who our Savior is. And so we took a look at how the gospel redeems Superman. Then Danforth, which we were very blessed to have to join with us in this series, Danforth uh, explored Magneto. And he uh, looked at how Magneto's passion and wounds collided and uh, how he became the person he was, and uh, how does the gospel redeem him? Now, if you join us for the first time in this series, I uh, invite you to visit our website at cruciblechurch.com, and you can go to that website and take a look at our videos of the pre-recorded videos of these sermon series, and also click on podcasts, and you can listen to it online if you are disobeying quarantine and driving around visiting your friends. Don't be a douche. Stay home. Now, I hope you are enjoying this quarantine. I know it's been a challenge for me. I am teaching as a grade two teacher for my daughter and also working my day job. And it's been a challenge, but at least she's only in grade two, so I could still appear smart. Also, as you can see, my hair I do need a haircut very soon, but unlike some of you guys out there who allow your wives to get a haircut and the haircut looks like she could have just used a lighter, um, I'm going to refrain from allowing my wife to touch my hair because I like my hair because many men that I know, they're balding right now. And uh, so hair is actually a, a scarce commodity. And so I'm gonna keep my hair, my bush here. I know it's growing upward, but you know what? I'm going to leave it at that and just enjoy my blessing. Furthermore, have you noticed that I'm getting a mo right here? Um, you know, Dan, last week, Dan Forrest, when I saw his uh, video recording of his sermon, I'm like, man, how on earth did you get that beard? I'm jealous because I am a hairy person too myself. Uh, TMI. But, you know, there's a, like, but he gets it so neat and tidy and uh, not patchy, but every time I try to grow it out, it's always patchy and, 
and stubby, but hopefully I'm starting another one. I just shaved on Sunday uh, because uh, we had that uh, Zoom worship service. So I'm trying to look appealing and approachable and attractive as I am, but <laughs> I'm trying my best to grow another one here. So who knows? I'll probably shave it off again. Anywho, besides the point, let's get into Wolverine. So Wolverine is interesting. There are many iterations of his origin story. And uh, and we'll just get right to it. Uh, I apologize for the purists out there. I know that there are many iterations of Wolverine and each person probably has a different take on his uh, origin story. But I'm gonna use the one at, uh, found in marvel.com because hey, why not just go directly to the one who puts their blessing upon it. So. Uh, Wolverine, his, naturally, his name was actually not Wolverine, nor was it Logan. Uh, his name was James Howlett. And before we begin with Mr. James Howlett, we're going to start off with a brief little video snippet from a movie called Logan. So enjoy, and we'll be right back. Well, welcome back. So let's talk about Mr. James Howlett. James Howlett was born into a very wealthy family in the 19th century. Yes, James is very, very old. And uh, his parents' names were John and Elizabeth Howlett, as if you care. But one of the biggest uh, takeaways for me was that this guy was born in Alberta, Canada. Woohoo, yay for Canada. Now I know that we have at least one superhero that's Canadian. Yes, yeah, so he was a, so when James was a child, his mutant abilities were going AWOL. Uh, so therefore, he wasn't this super X-Men type of figure that can heal himself really quickly yet. Because uh, we all know that Marvel, they believe that puberty starts at 20 years old. And so James has not fully realized his mutant abilities yet. And it's still going AWOL in his body. So he was a very puny and unhealthy kid when he was growing up. And during his time of growing up, his mother su suffered from a postpartum depression because James's older brother died, John Jr., in 1897. Now, uh, interesting enough, James's uh, uh, mutant ability started to blossom, I guess. That's another word for puberty. Blossom and uh, witnessed uh, this, uh, um, and witnessed the Howlett's groundskeeper gunning down his dad. So there's this groundskeeper named Thomas Logan. And uh, basically, he witnessed uh, Thomas Logan gunning down his dad. And that's when James went AWOL and started to and realized that he could get like extend bony claws out of his fists. And so he, uh, when uh, James re got really angry, his uh, the claws came out and he killed Thomas Logan for killing his dad, not realizing that there's a twist here that Thomas Logan was his actual biological father. Ooh, that's such a soap opera right there. So 
James ran away, of course. That's what real men do for their problems. They run away from their problems. And like all real men, they take a lady with them. And so uh, apparently James has a childhood friend named Rose O'Hara. And so they left and ended up in British Columbia, Canada. Another call out to Canadians. And uh, during that time in British Columbia, uh, James's uh, mutant ability started to blossom even further and he became more healthy, more physically fit, Hugh Jackman, you know, six pack thick. And, um, and uh, he, unfortunately, because his mutant abilities became better and better and growing, he also became more, oh, sounds awful, but that's the only word I could find, animalistic. He became more animal and rage started to overcome him. And unfortunately, during this time when he became more animalistic, uh, he started to lose his memory of his origin, of his childhood, of whatever happened prior to um, BC, prior to him moving to British Columbia. And in his fits of rage, there was one time when he accidentally killed Rose with his bony claws. Way to go, James. And this is where he, he was given a name, Logan, as well. Uh, now, in order to vent out his anger, he figured out that he, was, he, he needed to, an outlet to main, keep his sanity. So he went into cage fights. And that's where that X-Men first movie uh, showed, where uh, we were first introduced to Wolverine in that X-Men movie of Hugh Jackman. Uh, he was in a cage fight. Well, apparently, that's where he vents out his anger. Now, however, after a few series of circumstances, he had to flee and he went into the woods and lived there with the animals and he became even more animal. And uh, so I don't know how to equate that. It's like, what, Bigfoot, Sasquatch? Like he's just completely uncivilized animal. And so, however, as time went on, now remember, he now has healing abilities and he can, which means that he can stay young. He re-entered into society, but through the route of war. So in order to find connection or any fellowship with humanity, he joined war. And so his first uh, stint was in World War I, then he joined World War II, then he went to the Spanish Civil War, then he went to the Vietnam War, the Korean War, every war that he could think of. And the best quote that he said all the time was, I'm the best there is at what I do, but what I do isn't very nice. So when Logan was on the run, he was abducted by the Canadian super soldier program known as Weapon X. And, uh, and he became a willing participant in to do this Team X project where uh, they infused this um, endamentium metal onto his bones because of his uh, healing ability. And so that they were able to infuse endomanium uh, bones into his body. And so his skeleton is now metal. And then he, every time he does his claws thing now, as you know, he had, he's, it's all metal. Uh, body weight tripled, whatever. So that's the story of Wolverine. Uh, one, one might think, ask then, what is his issue then? Well, think about it. He was in the... Uh, he ran away, he went into the woods, became an animal, then came back out and uh, was a killing machine, basically. Uh, he went into wars, and then, then he went into this program, and then he was basically created into a war machine. <laughs> what issue, you might ask? Well, a whole schwackload of them, right? But we had to pick one. 
And I read in an article, again, from a, I don't know why psychologists have so much time in their hands, but I read a psychological paper, psychological paper, a psychology paper, and apparently uh, they did a study on Wolverine as well when uh, the movie Logan came out. And one of the uh, psychologists, uh, I quote, said that uh, Logan's overarching need is actually the emotional need for family. So let's take a look at the films, right? All of the, uh, Wolverine's live action films. The films actually offered him surrogate family members only to take them away. That's what it is like throughout the, all the movies. So let's say father figures, right? Uh, there was Xavier, Professor X. There was Stryker and Yoshida, uh, the uh, Japanese guy who, uh, who he saved at World War, in World War II. And then, uh, anyway, so there were three fatherly figures. Then uh, the movies offered him love interests like Jean Grey and Mariko, and then also surrogate sisters like Rogue in X-Men 1 and Yukio, and brothers such as Sabretooth and Cyclops. Logan has a connection to other mutants as well, but all throughout his whole entire life, there were either uh, inklings and evidence, small evidence of family, of possible family, of possible fellowship, of, uh, things that he yearned for. That's why he joined the wars. Yet it was always taken away, either through circumstances or just he just literally outlived them because he had this uh, ability to live long life for because of his self-healing self-healing mutant ability and also he, the only origin he remembers is that he is a creation for war he's a creation he's not some normal human being he was created to kill to actually do somebody else's dirty work so he, for a long time throughout his whole entire life uh, he's been struggling forever to actually feel really fully human but for you and I both know, even in this quarantine and isolation, it's very hard to be, feel fully human if you were living alone and in isolation, right? It's very hard to feel fully human without relationships. We're social creatures, and uh, you won't believe how many papers are now being written during this quarantine time about not feeling fully human without relationships. And it's this emotional need where we will begin our talk this morning. Logan's loneliness and need for family was nurtured by loss, betrayal, and world circumstances. He's also done a lot, of, a lot of stuff that made him feel guilty, like full of guilt, like being created as an instrument of war for the purpose of being a weapon. Remember how he said, like, I do really well on the thing I do, but it's not something that you like? Anyway, yet he himself was also difficult to love because he rarely opened himself up to the vulnerable, to be vulnerable. Um, like throughout his, all these movies, including Logan, which was really well done, uh, it really showed, out, showed up that Wolverine really had a tough time to receive love from others, really tough time to trust others, and a really tough time to be loved because he ain't a lovable guy. He's very temperamental, very sensitive, very enclosed. There's a wall there, as some people would say. So, what are we going to talk about this morning? Uh, what's the point? Well, more like a question. Do some of us feel like Wolverine? To, like right now, at this current moment, do some of us feel like Wolverine where we're alone? Do some of us feel like Wolverine where we feel like we're unlovable? 
Or how about, the, let's flip it the other way. Do, do we have anybody in our lives that's just so hard to love? Um, is there, are there anyone that is so tough to love, whether they're, you know, their character, personality, or their temperament, or their awkward and questionable history, or they did something to us? Like, uh, how about those people that are hard to love? Because they're probably in the same boat as Wolverine as well. So what does the gospel or how can the gospel redeem these individuals? How can the gospel help these individuals? Help us who feel lonely. Help us who feel that feel like we're unlovable. Um, I'm sure many of you who may be listening, some of you may be uh, still single, and you may be wondering about that too. Am I lovable? Am I approachable? How come I'm still alone? How come I'm still alone in this condo, during, especially during this quarantine? In isolation, I'm alone. Well, how can the gospel redeem you then? Let's look at a passage in Ephesians. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, starting with verse 3. But if you don't, like uh, <laughs> most of us, uh, let's I have put it up on the screen. Let's start with Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, and we'll end with at four, verse 14. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him, we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also are included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. It's interesting in this uh, passage, uh, the first thing that you have to note is the repetition of praise of his glory. You are God's praise of his glory. Isn't that interesting? Who is the praise of his glory? You are the praise of his glory. You who believe in Jesus Christ and believe in his death and resurrection, believe that Jesus provided you with salvation and freedom and all the blessings and riches that heaven can contain, you are God's praise of his glory. That's awesome. That's an awesome truth just to start off with in this whole entire series, in this sermon as well. So first off, so what did Jesus accomplish and made available for all of humanity when he died on the cross and rose to life on the third day? All the spiritual blessings from the heavenly realms came down and made available to us. What were they? What were the spiritual blessings that would provide redemption of all humanity, including those like Logan? Well, first, in Jesus, 
we were made holy and blameless. Paul says that to the praise of his glorious and grace, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Yes, it's true. Forgiveness does exist because God's immense and abundant grace washes over us. Now, for those of us who may have felt so horrible and still feel terrible about the choices that we made in life, that we find ourselves, that we can't forgive ourselves or even have other people forgive us, that we see ourselves unforgivable, well, rest assured and praise God that there is one person, that there is at least one person that can forgive you, and that is Jesus. That through his death and resurrection and by his blood, that when you are covered by his blood, you are made spotless and blameless. So even though you may be filled with guilt, shame, and burden and shackled by this uh, guilt of past life choices, know this, that when you believe in Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection and that this forgiveness and redemption and resurrection is available for you, you are free. That you are forgiven by God through Jesus. Amen to that. So when for Logan, for Wolverine, all his sins, all the killings that he um, that he did, all the murders that he committed, all the things for the sake of, because of falling orders, all that guilt and shame and burden, the gospel provides him with freedom through Jesus Christ, that he can find a renewed purpose in life. See, many times we see this word holiness and we only think about water like or something really clean that's spotless like it's really pure holiness is not like that holiness by definition is to be set apart for god's purpose and why is that important because many of us many of us when we are burdened with guilt and shame sometimes life is hopeless sometimes life is purposeless but once we know that we have this freedom in jesus that we are free from our sin free from our life's past choices and we that we are forgiven and made new and resurrected so to speak we find a renewed purpose to be used by god amen to that second what else is there that these spiritual blessings can redeem people like logan or like ourselves unconditional love logan's emotional need was for belonging and feeling loved a love that can only be available in a family to be loved and cherished to be loved and cherished just the way he was and not be expected to do something for them. In Jesus, Paul says, we receive this love. For when Jesus died and rose, he made available for all humanity to be called God's children, to be loved and treasured by God, to be the praise of his glory, to be loved just the way we are and not needing to do something to earn his love. No, as a matter of fact, through Jesus, we receive God's love, and he is pleased with us if we do. If we receive Jesus' love, he is pleased with us. We are his pleasure, and Paul would say, in Christ, we will also reflect God's praise and glory. Wow! That fact that now we are called his children already pleases him because we are now in his family. But we will also be a reflection of his praise and glory. Have you ever been told by someone that you bring joy and pleasure to them just by being you? Mr. Rogers, maybe? Just by being you, 
that they love you, that they find pleasure and joy in you because of you just being you. God wants to tell you that today. For Logan, he always had to earn respect. He always thought that every that in order to gain love and respect, he had to do something or to do something that other people wanted him to do. He never had a true father figure, nor did he really have a family to surround him with unconditional love. In Jesus, he can find God's immense grace that would wash over him and you. Grace is receiving something you don't deserve, and there's plenty of it that God can give to all of us. Lastly, we are God's possession. And to prove that we are, we are given the seal, what's called the Holy Spirit, to reside in us. Are you feeling alone today? Are you feeling alone in this isolation and in this quarantine? Do you feel like an outcast? Do you feel sometimes betrayed or rejected by humanity around you? Do you feel that you're unlovable? Well, in Jesus, when you believe in what he has done for you, through his death and resurrection, when you know that Jesus said to you, you were worth dying for, you will sense God's presence every day and know that he is with you. Never will you feel alone again, for the Holy Spirit is in you and around you, guiding you, conversing with you, and comforting you through life's challenges. This, I believe, is how the gospel can redeem people like Logan, and anyone, maybe you, who may be feeling like a Logan. Amen. Well, thank you all for uh, joining me in this series, joining me today. Let's close in a word of prayer, shall we? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this privilege, this provision to be able to uh, listen to your word and read into your word and to study your word together as a fellowship. Lord, I pray for those who may feel alone right now, who maybe feel lonely, who may be feeling unlovable, who may be feeling that uh, because of their past that uh, they may be feeling burdened by their past choices. May they find freedom in you. May you cover them by your spirit and that you enable them freedom to find freedom in Jesus, and to remind them that they are your praise of your glory. In Jesus' name, amen.